Hi, I'm Beck. And I'm Paul. And this is DV Declutter. We're off to a roaring start. Oh, yes. The year is 2019. <laughs> Ten years ago, this year, our film was released. 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that old. <laughs> 1999, what a year. Do you remember where you were at in New Year's, 1999? Because mm-hmm. it was a big moment. Y2K, we thought the world was going to end. Didn't we really? Vaguely. I was in year two. You were pretty little. So. I was in grade six. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... I was a bit more aware mm. of the internet. I was on the chat rooms. No way. Yeah, in my classroom, get this. Wow. Unmonitored yeah. access to the internet chat rooms. Any predator could have mm. talked to me. We were talking to anyone all over the world. My teacher just told us it was good uh, typing practice. <laughs> <laughs> that so, is scary. It was fun, though. But it's good it's times. Why you grew up to go by the alias Trinity. Um, so we're talking about The Matrix. Yes. Uh, for those who haven't listened before, this is DVD Clutter. Oh, yeah. We watch our old DVDs. Yes. We discuss them. Mm-hmm. We... Analyse? Analyse really. them. No. We, oh, we... within like a, the context of now. Yeah. Yeah. Then we decide whether to keep them, to send them to the op shop, or to uh, like go inside them and explode them from the out, in, out inside out. Mm. To realise that they're actually just a part of a mm. computer program to begin with and they never really existed, so we should just not... Even bend them. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yours was so much better than mine this week. I just didn't uh, think... Well, I don't know. I took the blue pill. That's 100%. <laughs> that's me. Would you? Yeah. Would you? No, you wouldn't. I I'd never get into the situation where I'd get the red pill, pill blue pills choice, you know? You would just just be that worker, like, living your life in the Matrix. No idea what's going on. No, I would have, yeah, if I did figure it out, I'd, no, we'll talk about it later, but I would definitely be like the guy who's like, I just want to be rich and famous, thanks, I won't tell anyone. So you'd be like the snake in the grass. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, like, but I wouldn't run out of Morpheus, I'd just be like, hey, found it out, don't worry, I won't tell but anyone. But why would they put, in, why would they put you back if they, if you didn't give them Morpheus? I'm a nice guy. <laughs> You're already living in a dream world, Paul. That's it. We're all over the shop because we both owned this DVD. Yes. Yeah, well, kind of. Yeah. I definitely owned it. Uh, <laughs> I think I did own it. Yeah. I just, the disc is missing. The disc is gone. So, full story. Yeah. So, I went to put on the DVD. Mm-hmm. I got, went to my DVD collection, opened it up. I was like, woo, this DVD seems light. Looked inside, no DVD. I've been there before. It's a classic conundrum. Mm. I feel like it happens all the time with DVDs. Oh, yeah. We were going to do Snakes on a Plane on this podcast until I opened the case. And there's nothing on there. Mm. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I'll leave the case just in case it pops up. You know? It probably is, and inevitably it'll be we'll in be, another we'll DVD. We'll be ready to do The Godfather. Exactly. It'll be like, no, nope, Snakes on a Plane it is. <laughs> well, same movie, right? Mm, no. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, full disclosure, folks, I had to watch it on Netflix, mm. which it is available on Netflix. Really? But I was pretty sad because this, my edition, I think your, looks like your edition is the same, mm. has quite a few special features on it. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to watch them and yet I didn't get to. Mm. So mm. that was disappointing, but I was happy it was still available on Netflix. In that talk, you've gone through, like, the dangers of DVDs yeah. and then also the pros of DVDs. Yeah. Beck, you've got the full... <laughs> I just nailed it all in one. Yeah. That's I perfect. was doing a little bit of research into special features and, you know... Mm. So, on the one hand, obviously, it's good to have streaming, hence I could have, like... because You could watch The Matrix. As, yes, as we see now. But also, it's terrible because of... Um, no special features, as we have talked about many times. Yes. So, you know, you talk about Disney Plus. Plus coming. Mm. Apparently, they have special features. That's brilliant. Have you heard of it? I haven't heard of that. I know... So, oh, sorry. No, go. I know a Criterion streamer in the States that I think died out. Their whole thing was like they were going to do oh. classic films with like all the features. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if this is... Because it obviously hasn't been released here. Mm. When is it coming? Uh, this year? No, like this month. This month? Mm. Holy dooly. Days away. Oh, wow. There's a big billboard. Oh, wow. Um, near here. So I don't know if the Australian version will, but the article I was reading was talking about not even the American version, but like 
a Scandinavian version. Mm. So, because that's where it was released first, apparently. Mm. So, hopefully, it will have here. Yeah. But also, I'm already annoyed that I have to sign up for Netflix and Stan and now another one. Mm -hmm. But is it worth it? I think so. It's got all The Simpsons on it, Beck. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to lose people here, but I like The Simpsons. Yeah, don't worry. We've got a lot of Simpsons to do on this podcast. Really? Yeah. I better sign up to it then. (laughs) (laughs) Smash through it. So anyway, normally on this show, what would happen is um, whoever's DVD it is would say how it came into their life, then the other person would give a plot breakdown. Unfortunately, as it's both our DVDs, we got a bit lost. So what we've decided instead is for both of us to talk about how the DVD slash film came into our lives, then I'm going to give the plot breakdown because Beck had to do it last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was really hard. It was. Fast was, and Furious. There was so, so many much plot, plot. <laughs> So much plot in Fast and Furious. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, do you want me to start then? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, So, I actually don't remember where I got the DVD. Hmm. There's a couple of DVDs in my collection that may have come into my world world via a school that we may or may not have walked (laughs) and worked worked out together because they've had multiple versions of them. And I was like, oh, they don't need three The Matrixes. I might as well take one. Mm. And I feel like maybe this is how this film yeah. became a part of my collection. Um, oh, no. Yeah, there's a few others. The other one that I have mm-hmm. is American History X, which is rated R, was sitting in our school DVD collection. which Could is not have been there. No, yeah. uh, that was a public service mm. um, situation, decision. I had to do that for the benefit of the children. Yeah, yeah I get you. And also so I didn't get fired. Yeah. If someone found that in my classroom. Um, but anyway, I think this is how that film came into my collection. But I do remember very vividly not watching it for the first time, but I remember being at a friend's house and my parents were very strict about what we could and couldn't watch. They were very mm. protective of us as media consumers. So they were like limited, really limited yeah. our no screen time. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they really limited our screen time and they really adhered to the ratings. So this is M15+. Plus. Yeah. And I remember... Um, it was a recommendation, not any law. Yes, yeah. but they took it as law. Yeah. They were very strict for our own protection. Mm. In quotation marks. It's changed to M these days. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, besides the point. Um, and I remember my brother, my little brother, who was about nine years old at the time, watching it at a friend's place. Mm. And we were there for dinner, and my parents like went in and looked at what he was watching, and they decided that it was actually okay. They had like a little freak out at the start, and then they decided it was okay. But he still watched it. But I remember it being like a continuous conversation post them deciding it was okay at the moment. I remember my mum and dad talking about whether or not they should have t- like turned it off or taken him out of it or left the house. It explains a lot about your brother. <laughs> Well, I know. Tell me about it. Yeah, so I remember that. And this will come up when we talk about Scream as well, because I watched Scream at a friend's house when I was Mm. under the age of 15, and I had nightmares for ages, and my parents were really angry that this parent had let me watch Scream. Scream. Scream's quite scary, though. Yeah, it was Scream 2, actually. Oh, okay. Then. (laughs) (laughs) But having, like, you have to consider that I had no... We didn't have TV. Like, my... My knowledge of reality versus fiction in terms of what was on the screen, it was limited. Like, what, I know that sounds dumb, but it's what true. What is reality, though? Ben? Well, it's true. Something you can feel. <laughs> and if not, if, if, as long as you can feel it and taste it, it's real enough, right? Yeah, that's just it. So, uh, The Matrix, for me, had come into my life. Well, I didn't obviously see it in the cinema. I saw it on television. I saw it on a commercial network. It was one of those ones that I just remember there was ads for it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch that. Had you heard of it previously? No. I honestly thought I remember watching it being like, I have discovered this film. (laughs) Um, A little bit. Like you're like, guys, guys, I found this indie film. (laughs) Well, it wasn't because I wasn't super into film yet. Like this would have been year six-ish, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe year seven, 2003, 2004 time. It was the start of your film career. Oh, I I don't even know if that. You know, Before that? Yeah. Anyway. Um, you were like, these film things, they're all right. Yeah, that's it. Turns out I didn't discover it, but... No. Um, me and my mates really got it. It really got into, like, the sleepover schedule, mm-hmm. you know? This and, I think, Austin Powers. How many sleepovers did you have? I wasn't I allowed that many. Yeah, you're lucky. Well, uh, actually, I was going to say, guess, small town, but... I would no, come from an even smaller town. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because you lived in town, so yeah. you could easily get to... 
each other's house. That's it. Well, for me, it was like a 45-minute drive for yeah. my parents to get to each other's houses. Yeah. Half an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But anyway. Um, we digress. The, the Matrix was definitely on that. And we loved it. You know, all of it. The action. The sci-fi. Um, the romance. No, just kidding. Yeah, the worst no. part about the film. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. No way. And then it sort of developed into this giant thing, didn't it? So As in the Matrix trilogy yeah, and everything. Yeah. So it very much opened up this whole world later, you know? Like... I loved it as a kid, but then later on I sort of realised how into it people were. Yeah, right. You know, like the fandom on this is huge. Huge, yeah. Um, which I was never really, really delved into. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's it. Yeah. I know for my wife it was a, a really big part of her, like, family's history growing up. Really? Like, it was this, like, film that was watched on repeat. Really? In the household. Yeah. Like a community. Yeah. Like. Joint love of the Matrix. That's it. They loved it as a family. So Elizabeth knows it really well. Mm. Yeah, better than I do. Mm. And I thought I watched it a lot. Mm. Turns out it was wrong. The DVD, I remember, came into my life when DVDs were new. They were exciting. And Mm. yeah, it was the special features that sold me on it. Apart from the fact that I already loved the movie. Yeah. It was the special features. Yeah. Which were pretty good. Good. Yeah. I did not get to watch mine, so I look forward to hearing about them. So should we go on to the plot? Yeah, I guess so. Starts off, there's words being written on the screen right green words mm. come up and there's this woman sitting in this rundown place yep and abandoned building yeah and then you hear the police being like we found her so they go up in there cuts back down to the police and these agents turn up led by hugo weaving yep as, as mr smith as mr smith uh and, and his... they're all like they essentially look like kind of the standard fbi yeah. agent sunglasses suits little earpiece that's it and the police are like oh god we can handle it yeah and he's like your men are already dead (laughs) so good and upstairs we've got this woman we find out is trinity played of course by uh, carrie amos and she's like just kicking ass just killing all these cops so people the the cops are dead yep and then the agents run up and they chase her and then she starts talking and she's like i gotta get out of here and Someone's like, okay, you got to go this way. And anyway, she runs to this public telephone, picks it up just as a truck comes to hit her. So exciting. Truck hits the phone box, phone yeah. box explodes. But she's not there. She's not there. Yeah. Oh. So, cut to Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. He's in front of a computer. Yeah. Um, and there's all this stuff flicking past. He's like got a couple of computers in front of him. Yeah. Surrounded by and tech technological mess yeah and all these newspapers are sort of flicking up on one of the screen and morpheus is in one of them yes yeah and then a message comes up says wake up neo mm-hmm. and he, he wakes up. up and then he like is reading this stuff he's like what is the matrix how did you even get into my computer yeah and then it says follow the white rabbit suddenly the screen says, says knock knock and then suddenly there is a knock and on the door. old mates at the door and he's wanting to buy like some computer hacking program whatever yeah. The, Something like a little bit dodgy. Yeah. Neo shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Then um, that girl from Neighbours is also there. Yeah. Is she from Neighbours? Yeah. Oh. And she turns around, she's got a white rabbit tattoo. Well, they offer, they're like, dude, you look terrible. You look so, you look paler than usual. What's going on? You need to get out and have some fun. And he's like, no, nah, I don't want to go to the club with you. Yeah. But then the girl and turns around. Soul beer. <laughs> the girl turns around and she's got a white rabbit tattoo and he has to follow the white rabbit. Yeah. He gets there and he's not having a great time until no. Trinity walks up to him yeah. and then he's like, oh my God, you're Trinity. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I thought you were a dude. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Most guys do. <laughs> and basically she's like... Morpheus uh, wants to meet you. Yeah. You know, because Morpheus is like this legendary hacker, hacker whatever, that, yeah. um, that Neo's trying to track down. Yeah. And Trinity's like, look, he's heard of you too. Yeah. You guys should talk. And then he wakes up as if it was a dream mm. and he goes to work. Mm-hmm. When he's at work, he gets a phone call. Mm-hmm. No, he gets a FedEx envelope oh, yeah, with a phone does. in it. And then he's <laughs> on the a, phone. A nice uh, mobile... Nokia. Yeah, whatever. Flip screen thing. Yeah, it's very state of the art. And Morpheus is on the phone. He's like, you've got to trust me. And he runs him through the office all the way to this... Well, you've missed a crucial point. Suddenly, some agents turn up trying oh, yeah. to find him. That's it. So he's like, you're in trouble. You're in danger. They're coming for you now. And stand up and have a look. Look carefully. And he and Neo stands up and there are these agents trying to track him down. Chasing through the office, basically the edge of this building. And Morpheus is like, you got to like tiptoe around the edge and go down the scaffolding. And Neo's like, nah. So he gets caught by the agents. The agents are all like, hey, tell us about Morpheus. And he said, how about another thing? 
I'll give you the finger, and you give me your phone call. <laughs> and the worst line. Yeah. Just so unconvincing. That's it. It's like he he's like, how about I give you the finger, and then he does this like little middle finger with no conviction at mm. all. He's like, oh maybe. Uh, uh, I've yeah, actually said he was played by Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. If you couldn't tell you from my know. voice. Oh, so <laughs> good. Your um, Keanu Reeves impression is just perfect. That's it. So that happens, um, and. He says no, so they're like, all right, we're going to put this scorpion thing in your guts. They're like, we're going to bug you. And yeah. also the other thing that happens is that Agent Smith yeah. says to him, what good is a phone call if you can't talk? Yeah. And then suddenly Neo's mouth closes over. That's the scariest bit in the movie, I think. Well, I think there's a lot of scary bits this time around for me. that's the scariest bit, Well, I that's think. the first time you realise that reality is not reality. I think it's the that scariest That there's some bit. kind of... Well, besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first hint to like the fact that there is something weird are going on yeah and he's freaking out and then yeah they put this they insert this bug into his stomach oh that bit was really gross i had mm, to not look it went into his, his belly, belly button oh yeah yuck then he wakes up in his bed mm-hmm. was was it all a dream that's it until trinity comes and again and he's like hey get in this car well she calls yeah and she's like meet me at the no morpheus calls and yeah. he says if you want to know more go to this bridge go to this bridge some bridge in sydney he goes. Then, um, <laughs> do they film in Sydney? Yeah, the whole thing was shot in oh, Sydney. That's so good because that little kid has an Australian accent. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that little kid oh, later. Okay, good. So anyway, the whole crew, apart from Morpheus, pick him up. They take out the bug. They take him to Morpheus. And Morpheus is like, I can't really tell you what's going on, but if you want to know more, have this delicious red pill. If you just want to keep on being boring and have a shitty boring life, you big butt head. <laughs> And this blue pill. Well, I mean, Paul's done that with a lot more judgment than Morpheus did. <laughs> no, I think he's... I don't know if he does. I think he's very you much like... he's judging? Sexy, cool red pool. Mm. Pool? Yeah, pool. <laughs> pill. Boring blue pill. I don't think he's that judgy. It's a bit like that. Anyway, he's wearing awesome glasses. Yeah, he's wearing awesome glasses. The mirror... The effect that they do with the mirrored glasses is like... It's amazing. And, he keeps and it's, like, they do it a lot as well. Yeah. They do it a lot. And I think in the one, the one side of his mirrored glasses... He's reaching out for the blue pill. And in the other side of the mirror glasses, he's just standing there with hands down. I think it was, you know, it was a split second. So let us know if I'm wrong. I just spent the whole time trying to be like, surely that they've accidentally got a camera in one of them. Oh, I don't think they did. I didn't know. I think actually it was probably done digitally. It was 100% (laughs) digitally because the reflections were so clear. Yeah. It's impossible. But I think this is the scene that if you have only heard vaguely of The Matrix you will be familiar with the red pill, blue pill idea. That's it. Basically, take this pill and wake up or take this pill and just you'll forget everything that we've told you and you'll go back to your normal life. Yeah. But then also my thing is like, Mm. how do you know that the red pill is not actually taking you, like messing with your brain again and that's actually not the reality at all? Anyway, we can talk about that later. I think there's a lot of um, questions. So he takes a red pill and he gets swallowed by a mirror. Oh, Um, yeah. Very much. Look, we get it. You've read Alice through one... Alice in Wonderland. You're through the looking glass. Now he's out of the matrix. Yeah, but they they are as they as he's taking the pill and as this mirror is kind of swallowing him up. They're like, we've got to get a location quick, and they're trying to track him. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm right here, but but where is he really? Yeah. Mm. Then you see him in one of these pods. He gets ejected from the pod. Well, he, this bit's pretty full on. Yeah. I didn't remember this being so really? full on. He wakes up in like the yeah exactly yeah. I wish you could all have seen that. <laughs> he wakes up in like this covered in goop. He's in a pod that's, it's essentially a uterus, I mm. guess. Like it's designed mm. to be like a uterus. Oh yeah. And he's got all of these things plugged into him in the back of his neck, all down his spine. And it's pretty full on because he like wakes up, he's gasping, whatever. He's pulling, trying to pull these plugs out of him and freaking out because he's like, where the fuck am I? What the fuck's going on? Yep. So he's in the real world. He gets put onto the ship, the... Oh, jeez. I asked you how to say it before. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. No, that's not right. That's it. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. No, that's not Nebuchadnezzar. right. Nebuchadnezzar. The Nebs. The Nebs. He's on this ship. It's Morpheus's ship. They're in the real world. They're talking about how they're the resistance, trying to take down the Matrix. I will just say quickly that when he wakes up, he sees that he's not the only one in this pod. There's this like immense number of human yeah. bodies that are like from in pods. yeah in pods from ground to high rise building. You, as far as the eye can see, there's like these pods with human bodies in them. Yeah. So, or like asleep. That's it. So we found out what the Matrix is. Turns out the Matrix is a computer program 
what's happened in the year 2199 or something, something like close that. to it, they've lost track of years. Uh, machines rule the earth because there was a big fight between AI and humans. AI won, but they needed a source of power and they realized the best source of power was humans. Because so- humans, in their, in their attempt to fight the AI, humans blocked out the sun mm. because they, the AI were all solar powered. What oh. beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Coal forever. And yeah, so they were like, fuck, we need some power. How are we going to get power? Let's use these humans. Yeah, I didn't realise we were such a good source of energy. Mm. Um, (laughs) Hey, look, you know, it's the plot of the movie. It moves along. (laughs) Um, So that's great. So uh, Keanu Reeves is like, whoa. But, you know, he gets gets on board with that a bit. Mm. And then they do some training. Mm -hmm. I know Kung Fu. By training, we mean literally plugging him in and uploading computer programs into his brain. So suddenly he knows how to fight and all this stuff which but, is like the best i wish that could happen and then he does some like other training though where he's like gotta make sure that he's not getting distracted by women in red and is he, that the point of that yeah yeah and just see to, if to you know can jump that... between buildings yeah, yeah yeah so he's starting to be like you gotta let go of reality yes, man yeah well they're like saying... free your mind dude <laughs> i think is a quote from Morpheus. I, I think so <laughs> as there's just like this ring of smoke engulfing him yeah um, no, I think, yeah, they're trying to make him realize that when he's in the matrix, what he thought was the real world, the laws of gravity, the laws of physics don't really apply they're because it's like, a computer you can hack program. It, man. Exactly. You can hack it. You can Keyboard. look, no one said man at any time in this film. I'm not sure why Paul is, <laughs> I'm not sure why Paul is going down that track, but, um, essentially they're trying to get him to realize that he can do things that you couldn't normally do like dodge bullets. Yeah. And bend spoons. And jump real far. And jump across buildings. Yeah. And fly, basically. Mm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Ugh, spoilers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so that happens. They do the training. And then Morpheus is like, okay, cool. Time to go in the real Matrix. This guy's going to see the Oracle. We find out, though, that old mate, one of the crew of the um, Necromancer. Um... The Necromancer. <laughs> Necromancer. It's um, 100% Nebuch- not. What is it? Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. One of the crew. He is that guy that always plays Joe um, Pandolino, and he's Cipher, and he always plays the dodgy cop. I mean, literally, you look at this guy and he looks dodgy as fuck. Yeah, he's got that weird little goatee that looks like a rat's face yeah. on his. <laughs> don't don't grow that kind of beard. He's no just, offense if you've got it already. Like he's made a career out of doing that. Like I'm trying to think. Well, he looks. He, he does. He's it definitely. Very well. He's in Baby's Big Day Out, and he plays one of the criminals. He's in Memento, and he plays like the guy that's tricking guy pierce you know like did every time he kind of looks like the he kind of looks like that evil guy from ever after who you said didn't need to be yeah in the movie he does look a bit like him (laughs) yeah just that same kind of like the facial hair is a real problem and of course you know he looks evil turns out yeah he is evil he's been talking to hugo weaving mr smith yeah and saying i want to get back in the matrix because the real world sucks Yeah. yeah (laughs) <laughs> Which it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um. So he's going to sell out Morpheus. Yeah. And that's going to happen while Morpheus is taking the air to see the Oracle. Yeah, they're like, we'll trap him in the Matrix. Yeah. It'll be fine. So we know that's happening. While all that's going on, Morpheus and Neo are making their way uh, to the Oracle. Mm. The Oracle is like this original break free from the Matrix kind of person. Is that who she is? Because I never really understood. Yeah, so she's like one of the OG... Thing, and that's all we know like during this film. I think other stuff comes out later on. This oracle is supposed to be able to tell you stuff about what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. They go in there. They go into the waiting room. Uh, Keanu sees all these kids that are doing like cool mind-bendy stuff, including yep. Spoon Kid. Yeah. Who's like, the spoon's not even really there. Yeah. And he's telling him to bend spoons. Yeah. He's like, the, mm. the trick is not to try and bend the spoon, but to realize that the spoon doesn't exist in this really cute Australian accent. Mm. That's it. So that, that's like a famous scene, so we had to mention that. Yeah. Keanu goes into the Oracle. The Oracle does some, like, trippy stuff, like, don't worry about the vase. And he's like, what vase? And then <laughs> smash. There goes the vase. Anyway, the Oracle Also, is... it's pronounced vase, but whatever. Anyway. The Oracle is like, cool, you need to believe in yourself, but don't worry, you're not the one. Yeah. So over the course of the film so far, Morpheus has told Neo that essentially he believes he's the one, in quotation marks, yeah. that has been prophesized about who's going to come and save the human race, essentially. And he's not even subtle about it. He's like, hey, I saved you because you're the one. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. yeah. He's like, normally I wouldn't save people like you because you're too old. Mm. Mine can't cope with this. But you're the um, one. But you're the one, so I have to. Get used to it, buddy. But then Oracle's like... Nah, you're not the one. 
Don't worry about it. Yeah. So they're about ready to go home. Yeah. When, uh-oh, they're going upstairs to go home and there's been a glitch in the Matrix. Oh, yeah. Um, Otherwise known as Deja, deja Vu. vu. <laughs> and the glitch in the Matrix is that they've changed it so this whole place is a trap. Yeah. The agents plus some SWAT are coming to hunt them down. Yeah. The um, little guy, Mouse, who is a member of the crew, dies. Yeah, it's really sad. He's so young. Hmm. He gets gunned down and there's blood everywhere. Yeah. It's awful. The rest of them sneak down through the drywall. Yeah. Until old mate Dodgy Man. Yeah. He sneezes. Yeah. And then they're shooting up the drywall and Morpheus jumps out to tackle the agent. Basically sacrificing himself. Quick point we should mention that the Oracle told Neo that Morpheus will sacrifice himself for Neo. Yeah. Or, but but Neo can save it and sacrifice himself for Morpheus. That's it. Yeah. So... That fully happened. Uh, everyone's running away. Morpheus gets captured. Beardface gets out of the Matrix and kills the two people. That, so he gets back onto the ship. Yeah, yeah. Into the real world and kills the two people. Can get the others out of the Matrix. Yeah. So there's two brothers who stay on the ship and they are the ones yep. who control the tank and dozer. Yes. Thing. Yeah. And they're the ones who control the entry and exit from the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so this... Kills them. Evil guy kills them. Yeah, then Cypher the evil guy does this big talk about how, like, they're all stupid and I'm sick of following Morpheus. And he kills uh, two of the other members. Um, yeah. Oh, they are called... Whitehead Lady and... Switch. Okay. And Apoc. Yeah. Um, we haven't really heard much from them. Yeah. They've had a couple of lines. They shot a gun a couple of times. Yeah. He kills them just by unplugging them back in the real world. Yeah. So they die. They yeah. get, like, taken out. And he's about to kill Neo... When, turns <laughs> when? out, old mate Tank isn't actually dead. Not dead. And he kills Cypher in the real world. Um, that gives uh, Trinity and Neo a chance to get back out of the Matrix. They get out of the Matrix, but Morpheus has been captured. Yep. They're like, oh no. And then Neo's like, I'm going to go back and save him, because actually the Oracle said that either him or I will die. So, so maybe I can sacrifice myself, yep. save Morpheus. Yeah, and Trinity's like, well, I'll come too. Yeah. Um, and then Neo's like, okay, I need heaps of guns. And he gets heaps of guns. Yeah, yeah. And they go off to find where Morpheus is and they do this big, awesome shoot-up scene with, like, heaps of guns. Yeah, they just shoot, like, Everybody. Yeah. And they have a bomb, too. So when they go up the lift to get to Morpheus, they explode everything. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Mr. Smith and the other two agents are interrogating Morpheus and Mr. Smith has, like, grabbed him and, like, disconnected for a second is like i need you to tell me where i can destroy because basically he wants the humans yeah he wants the entry code to the The last human city zion zion yeah xanadu (laughs) xanadu whoa it all connects yeah xanadu is actually the fourth matrix whoa yeah yeah he because he wants the code skin design because he's sick of living in the matrix he's sick of people he's like we don't need people yeah Um, it's great you see a bit of like he is a sentient being so mm. he obviously has thoughts and feelings for himself yeah um i I love that little bit it was great but guess what here comes neo with a helicopter and a giant like machine machine gun gun. yeah he shoots through the glass obviously (laughs) but how does he not hit Morpheus. He's like, the one man. Oh, okay. My mistake. <laughs> well, you spoiler alert. Talk about spoiler alert. So they. Oh, but before this, he's had a bit of a showdown with the agent on the roof, and he he's proven that he can move as fast as the agent yeah. by doing this bend over backwards. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. famous scene where he yeah. pew. Yeah, bullets over. are all going past him, and he bends practically backwards onto the ground. Yeah. Anyway, that's happened. So. They've got the chopper. They get Morpheus onto the chopper, who gets a little bit injured, but he's cool. And then they're flying around the chopper. Mr. Smith shoots its oil tank, so it's about to crash. They manage to get Morpheus to a safe roof, and then... And also Neo. Trinity's driving. Yeah, Neo gets onto a roof, and he's like, I'm the one, man. So, like, he grabs the rope, and he saves the helicopter, and then he, like, bends saves the her. Matrix. Yeah, saves her from the helicopter. Yeah. And then sort of bends the Matrix, and then tanks back at home, being like, oh, I knew he was the one. Really? Yeah, when that happens. Yeah, he's he's still he's starting to think that he might. I don't think he thinks he's the one just yet. Yeah. So then they go to a train station, and Morpheus goes back home. Yeah. Woo-hoo, that's great. Yeah. And then Trinity's like, "Hey, I just got to tell you one thing," and Neo's like, oh, "Okay, fine." <laughs> <laughs> but as she's just about to tell him one thing, uh, agent turns up. Oh no. No. Yeah. But then yeah yeah yeah. Because yeah, in yeah. the subway, yeah. and he shoots at the phone. 
but Trinity gets away just in time. Yeah. But now Neo's stuck there because yeah. he can't get out of the Matrix yeah. with that phone with the agent. And instead of running like he's been told to, he fights um, Mr. Smith. But we all know agent those Smith. anyone who fights an agent dies. Mm. So, woof, what's happening here? Yeah, so they have this big, big old fight. It's great. It's great. The annoying thing is, back in the real world, these weird squid robots are coming to actually get the, get the people in the real world in real life. Mm. Oh no! Mm. So Morpheus is like, we've got like six minutes. He has to get out of there. Otherwise, they have to release this thing that will kill the ETM. squid things, yeah. but will also kill disconnect. Neo. Yeah. yeah. So he ends up winning this fight against the agent. Mm. What? Yeah, he pushes the agent into a train. train. That was the best. Yeah. It doesn't really kill the agent, though. But then he really kill him. gives him time to get away. Yeah. Yeah. So he runs away. He gets to the phone through this giant chase sequence. But then the agent's there and they shoot him. He literally anyway. opens the door to get to the phone yep. and gets shot like three times. Yeah. And then he dies in the real world. But then Trinity's like, you're not dead. Much like the end of Bubble Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's this Parallels is my everywhere. least my least favorite part of the film. Trinity yeah. like leans over his dying body and he's like, "The thing that I wanted to tell you is that the oracle told me I would fall in love with the one, and it's true. I have fallen in love with you, and that helps him believe that he is the one." Yeah. In which case, he realizes he's not actually dead. So he gets up. So he, he stops rises all the bullets up again. Yeah. And then he... and he has like this presence of calm about mm. him now. Yeah. Then he runs inside Agent Smith and explodes him from the out yeah. inside outside. Yeah. Uh, and then you know gets on the phone and gets back into the real world. Yeah. He's fine. And then it's the end of the movie, yeah. and he's just on the phone to I guess the, the Matrix. Matrix. <laughs> and says, "Watch out, man! I'm gonna get you." Where are coming? Yeah. And then he flies like choo. <laughs> it's um, I like the ending because it's like. It's like a call to action kind of mm. thing. It's very inspiring. Take the red pill. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's essentially the whole film. And it's mm. a lot of film. I'm actually pretty impressed Over that we managed to long. get through that in 27 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, most of it's just action sequences though, which is brilliant. Really well choreographed, yeah. well shot action sequences. Mm. Yeah. Um, just amazing. And we often talk about how we prefer shorter films, like an hour and a half, ideally. Mm. But this film did not feel long to me. No, it's two. It's a solid two hours. It's 136 minutes. Yes, that but is long, huge. Yeah, but it's not. Um, there, at no point where you're like, "Come on, come on, this is boring." There's a lot. There's enough to think about. There's no. enough action to keep you entertained. Even looking back on it, you like. Um, reminds me a bit of um, Pirates of the Caribbean. How that's quite long too, but mm. you know, you're mm. like, "What would you cut out?" None mm. of it. That's all yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's know? all fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess. Our review now. I still love it. I think this is the. <laughs> what? I don't know. Just don't um, don't beat around the bush. No, I think this is the best film we've done on this podcast. Whoa! You know I can't agree with that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I think this is like it's not just fun and exciting, but it's actually it's good. Like so much oh, of it is so good. really good. It's so good. It has everything. Mm. So it's got like you know your action sequences. Yeah. You're actually, I guess it doesn't have everything, but it's got a no. lot. It just has like, it's got really good action sequence. It's got enough kind of world building, mind fuck yeah. stuff that makes you really, yeah, world building that makes you kind of think, oh, imagine if this was real, or yep. it's philosophical enough and intellectual enough and not overdone mm. intellectually as well. They don't over explain it. No, no, they do not at all. The two subsequent films. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I actually watched it this time around and had not remembered a lot of it because I think the last time I watched it, I was quite young. Mm. So maybe 15 years ago or something. And this time was like, oh, is that what this is about? You know, not realizing. I knew, you know, vaguely what The Matrix was, but I had completely forgotten that the sentient beings had arisen because of, like, or the AI had arisen because of this war with the human race and blah, blah, blah. I've completely forgotten that backstory, which, to be fair, isn't really relevant. I mean, it is relevant, ultimately, but you can do without it. Yeah, so there was a lot there that I think it's quite a... There's a lot to unpack with this film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's um, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Is that this what you one should, still, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's beautiful to watch. It is. Yes. It's um, yes. innovative. Well, totally. And it's, this is 1999 and I, I didn't think the special effects in this have dated. There are those three bits that okay. I wanted to comment on. Yeah. Because that's what I was really looking out for. I was like, surely 
Because this was, you know, an effects marvel at the time. Yes. Surely some bits have dated. One bit, when Trinity first jumps through the air at the very start, yeah. and does a big jump. Yep. That one's a little bit dodgy. Okay. Did, but then I did it made me w- double watch every sort of other jump from that point on, and I was like, okay, no, they got the A crew in for the rest of it. Yeah. Um. Then, oh, just some of the background bits when it's all machines right. that obviously haven't Some been able the, to render as the, much like, as CGI yeah. on a mass yeah. scale. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And thirdly, that the last scene where um Hugo Weaving explodes. Yes, that, that one is a bit like a little yeah. bit dodge. But the thing like the bullet stopping in midair. Oh, yeah. And him bending backwards, all of the kind of the parts where it goes slow motion but slow motion for one character, but real for yeah. another character. Um the yeah. And it's just it's bullet very time, they called it. Bullet time, yeah. yeah. It's just very effective and nuanced, I guess. So it's not overdone. Mm. It's used in a way that is serves the story rather than just showing off what we can do with technology. That's just it, because the whole thing is, I guess, all of those shots work in this setting because they work to remind you that everything is sort of fiction within the yes, Matrix, you exactly, know? exactly, yes. And just the way that they balance the way the real world shot um, which is a very clunky camera that yep. barely moves at all to the Matrix where... Not only does it move, but it does things that had never been done before. Yeah. Suddenly, I, I don't know, I think it just, everything's so well thought out for this yeah. Um, distinction. Yeah, between the two, mm. between the Matrix and the real world. Yeah, the yeah. colour palette. The yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. I didn't, I think, yeah, I didn't really, um, last time I watched it, I didn't really engage with the, you know, post-apocalyptic world that is the real world. Yeah. When they're on the ship. So, yeah, like looking at how they were kind of building that was interesting. This time around. We love the Australian film industry. Yes, we do love and the Australian film really industry. And this really gave it a good um, Kick boost. up the pants. It sure did. It was all shot in Sydney. Yeah. Animal Logic were responsible for lots of the special effects. Yeah. Wow. Um, which, is, which is great. Yeah. Lots of the supporting cast are Australian, Australian or New Zealand actors. Yeah. I The question I still just don't know is why how did how did we get it uh, how did was, australia was it cheap to film here maybe it must have been and the studio just must not have thought had any idea what they had on their hands yeah this, like the phenomenon so the, the directors the wachowskis had directed that they, they had had one film previously which was bound which wasn't like it was it was it did well but i don't think it was a superstar hit not like the matrix no so it did well enough that the studio let them direct their own mm. film. But yeah, you, you may be right. They were just like, yeah, we'll let them, we'll give them a chance, blah, blah, blah. I, and I just wonder what the studio was going for too with, because like the early marketing of it, and even you can see it, I guess, on the DVD cover right down the bottom, was very much pushing the soundtrack. Yeah. And I guess it was pushing that sort of rave 90s yeah. Yeah. vibe. And it was yeah. like, well, at least we'll make money there. It's like the, thing, the steampunk. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I don't think they really thought of it as a film, more so to stay a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, amazing. And so good for Australia. Yeah. Um, for it to happen. That was my first name. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I heard a lot of people talk about this film as an allegory to the story of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if I subscribe to that particular belief. No. I, you can see it in there. Yeah. There's think... like, they, they talk about it like, you know, there's the Judas character in... Cypher. Cypher, who betrays them. There's the one as in... Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, I guess with that is, you know, the Bible has been around for a while and it's got <laughs> got those classic stories in it. And I feel like this one is just sort of classic storytelling, isn't yes, it? Yes, well, that's and what I And I think thought. that's why it's, it's hard. But the, the great thing about this film is because it is so well thought out and put together is it's sort of become an allegory allegory for, um, for so many things. Yes. And so many readings. And the Wachowskis yes. have commented on it being like, we love this, man. Like every time there's a new, every time there's a new reading, new it's really theory, good. It new show, idea shows that art's alive, um, yeah. and we're really happy about that sort yes. of stuff. Which is it's so true. There's so much in there that you could take it from a lot of different perspectives. You could read into it what you like, mm. I guess. Which yeah, art is alive, and it's the audience yeah. interpretation that counts. Yeah, um, that's great that they approach it like that. Yeah. I feel like some filmmakers would be like, no, this is what I meant. That's that's exactly it. Um, I think that, yeah, they understand really what they've got to an extent. I don't know what it was like when they were doing those sequels and there was so much law building and whether yeah. 
because that was quite a recent interview that they were talking about that. Right. But yeah, they seem seem on top of it. Yeah. Which is cool. I think, yeah, and I just think as well, like, it's just a, it is just a story. I mean, I guess the Bible is is filled with different stories and they are narratively connected to other stories in our life. Like, this has got big similarities to The Lion King. Mm. You know, there's, <laughs> kind of, you yeah. know? Oh, no, really. Like, does, the, yeah. the basics, the basic plot is one of those ones that can be transferred from story to story to story mm. to story. It can be retold a million different ways. Yes. Um, you know, the bad defeats good, um, yeah. the dog, whatever. They just happen to do it in a particular way here and a very good way, oh. a way that is incredibly entertaining and believe- believable, kind of. I don't know. It's just a, a way that works. Yeah. There were so many references to fairy tales, I know, or fairy tales slash classic yeah. children's stories. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland's the big one. Alice in Wonderland is the huge Alice one. through the looking glass. Yeah. yeah. It's all very much. But they have other ones as well, um, which I now can't remember. I just uh, they, they talk about, you know, uh, what Cypher say when he's about to go into the Matrix. Um, hold on to your shoes, Dorothy, because we're yes. about to... Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. You're not in Kansas anymore yeah, or something like that's that. It, yeah. yeah, so lots of references to kind of classic children's stories, mm. which... Um, I like because it connects the the story of the Matrix to broader stories in other mm. worlds, and like you know, we always we've had stories about going into different worlds or going into different universes or going into different realities, oh, yeah. going backwards, you know, forever essentially. So it's trying to build on that. I felt, and it gave it like a a deeper meaning, I guess, mm-hmm. or a connection to the art outside of. Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Okay, yeah, it, it connected it to, I guess, cultural milestones that yes, um, probably built it into what it is and yes. what it's become. Yeah. I mean, the cultural impact of this film is just... Huge. Like, I can't think of anything except for maybe Star Wars that's had such such an impact. There was, yeah. a, there was a time in the early thousands where you couldn't be a TV show, you couldn't be a, a comedy film, you couldn't be anything without in some way referencing the matrix yeah. you know there's so many of those bending over backwards yeah. bullet dodging yes. things a tv ads were referenced like it yeah. was, became such part of the zeitgeist yeah. that it was just impossible to avoid yeah understanding it or knowing yeah, it. yeah you didn't you don't have to have it. seen it to understand the mm. references and it, it became such like a i guess a cultural identifier of the internet of computers mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. of what a hacker looks like mm-hmm. of this whole culture yeah the, um, that 90s, early 2000s culture of yeah. internet becoming what it is yeah. today or preceding what it was today. Yeah. yeah, and I just remember as well, like, not only the references in pop culture and that kind of stuff, but going down to even, like, the fashion, like, those huge mm. trench coats, the leather, like, the long... the sunglasses with those long coats and the kind of um, spiked-up hair, all this stuff that... I I know kids at my school that, were, that wore those and they were always the nerdy, like computer geeks yeah and they, they, but they dressed that like this they it. wanted yeah. to be a part of this kind of subculture yeah so hot though oh yeah so yeah not like hot attractive as in like um, sweaty so warm so yeah. warm <laughs> that's that's i get it completely in fact the first yeah. the first thing i wrote down was from the shot of trinity when she's at the computer and she's all in leather and her butt is so shiny <laughs> so <laughs> shiny um, why? Like why? Very sweaty. I guess it's the Matrix, so they can wear whatever they want and still move however they want, mm. as long as they can believe it. Believe it. But um, for me, I would not choose to be running and fighting in leather pants. No, no. Give me some tracky dacks any day. Yeah, hundred percent. The movie itself was also part of a broader marketing campaign. Might not have noticed, but at the end of the film, right at the very end, the, a website comes up and says, "What is the Matrix password stake?" Ooh, did you go to that? I went to the website. Um, it is now all it does is redirect to where to buy the Matrix Blu-ray and DVD um. on the Warner Brothers site. But apparently it used to be like a big online community that was cool. sort of like, I guess, Matrix fandom. It was run by a couple of people who ended up writing all the Matrix comment comics oh, between yeah. 1990. Oh yeah, because this spawned and 2003. a whole, a whole, yeah, a yeah. whole lot of other <laughs> of other stuff. So like the Animatrix, which was animated. Yeah. I do little remember, stories that um, happened in the Matrix. There was comic books. Yeah, uh, Margaret and David did uh, when they were reviewing the final Matrix one because what is it? Matrix Reloaded? One of them. Oh yeah, Revolutions was the last one, and Reloaded was the second one. Yeah. That's it. When they were 
um, reviewing Matrix Revolutions, I remember David being like, but is it possible at all to understand it? And Margaret being like, apparently, the word is that if you watch all the films, you watch the Animatrix, you play the full video game and you read all the comics, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's essentially like taking the red pill. Yeah, that's But it. you just have to go yeah. through that whole process. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which I get. Do we want to talk into the disappointment of Reloaded and Revolutions? Yes, let's do, but not just yet, maybe. Yeah, cool. um, I just wanted um, to. But anyway, that, that website was like a huge sort of big thing, and there was all sort of like things that you looked at different stuff and you could type in different passwords and, you know, yeah. hack underneath different layers Ooh. of it and stuff. So, what a great get marketing. Involved. Yeah. yeah. Well, it worked. I mean, yeah, that, that worked for that film because of the, this film encouraged that kind of extreme fandom. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, and was, I guess, identity... A lot of people would have identified with this because yeah. you, if you were, you know, didn't fit into the, in quotation marks, cool group at school and you were a bit nerdy and a bit geeky, you could find your, again, in quotation marks, coolness through this film. You could be cool. You could be a cool action superstar, superhero, mm. and be a computer geek at the same time. That's it. Um, which is pretty cool for a lot of people. I, I kind of felt when I was watching it, it did kind of now watching it in 2019 make me think, you know, Inception, right? Oh, they totally. just remade this movie, 100%, didn't they? I 100% <laughs> had the same thoughts. There are so many films that must have been so inspired by this yeah. film and into the world building and into the, the mind-bending stuff. But there's, there are scenes in... in this. No. There Inception. Are, there are scenes in Inception that I feel like have just been ripped off completely oh, from it. the Matrix. And it, yeah, it just made me think, like, you know, how that fandom around the... Inception also sort of like spawned really rapidly too, and yeah. I was sort of thinking, oh yeah, it can still, you know, yes, it can still happen. This sort of thing still happens. Yeah. 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 Is it just because we don't know what the fuck reality is, so we're just like, yeah. well, maybe it's this, maybe and, it's that. And I think anyone that does it well, which both of these films do, do I think, gets people really scratching their noggins. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> which is what you want from a film. That's what you want. Exactly. What, you want. what do you think about the characters? Like the main characters are all excellent. They all very much play to their, I guess, archetype. Yeah. Um, extremely well. Not much development, I guess. No. They, they're playing roles that have been around for eons, mm. so you don't really need to develop them because mm. we all know exactly what role yeah. everyone's playing yeah. from the hero to the betrayer to yes. the lover. <laughs> the to helper, the, um, the wise, old, yeah. whatever. Yeah, so we know them, so we don't really need them developed. I did love noticing this time how underdeveloped like the others were. Oh, Switch and Epoch just and like Mouse. Not, just, just nothing. <laughs> yeah. Mouse had a tiny little bit because he was younger and yeah. he had the thing for the girl in the red dress. Like, he yeah. was like young adolescent who wanted to have sex a lot, essentially. That was his thing. And the other two, just like nothing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Looked cool. Yeah, it looked cool. Yeah. I was really interested by the representation of women in this. Mm. Um, that they, except for this kid's fantasy girl the woman in the red dress the actual women who were in the film itself were not in feminized really yeah not really like typically feminized Mm -hmm. in that way um all of them had short hair very androgynous looking almost Mm -hmm. yeah i i thought that was interesting i think that's part of the aesthetic too like even part of the futuristic yeah even the male characters some of them would have their nails painted and um, as we move into the franchise more, right. you know, I guess the clothing becomes yeah, yeah. more androgynous. And I do yeah. wonder how much that has to do with the Wachowskis yeah. being trans women. Yeah, at the time, not, but coming out as trans women post the Matrix trilogy and even after after well, that. It was an interview about that that I was sort of quoting from before when yeah. like a lot of fans have sort of been like oh, we get it now, The Matrix, like it's all a film about trans culture and about coming out as trans and they were like not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's great that you guys take that reading. It's really good that it's for helping people yeah. through that and art's evolving. Yeah. But, you know, it's mainly yeah. about computers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I read a, a comment that uh, Lily Wachowski said after she had come out and she did say that she encouraged looking back on the work through a transgender lens um, or through, sorry, through a lens of our transness was the quote. Um, but just talking about basically that it's the themes of identity and image and mm. self-discovery, which are applicable to all sorts of things as yeah. well. And she says that mostly the Matrix is about one person's struggle with an eventual acceptance of an identity that exists beyond the borders of a rigidly defined system. So, yeah. yeah. 
which I think is interesting. Have you ever watched any more Wojcicki stuff? So I've seen Viva Vendetta. Yeah, which they didn't direct. They just wrote. They just wrote. Um, but apparently, and... like, also they secretly directed. <laughs> really? Like, that's like a rumour out there. I don't know. Well, they... I read that they gave the... Well, they gave. They wanted the assistant director of that they had with yeah. them on The Matrix to direct for his first directorial debut, V for Vendetta. So whether or not they were helping mentoring. out and mentoring. Yeah, that's what I meant that. to say. Mentor, anyway, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think there's... I mean, I, I think I enjoyed V for Vendetta. I don't think it had... I really liked it. Yeah. I, it didn't... For me, I don't remember it having like a massive impact on me. But yeah, mm. I think it was a good film. Uh, again, like interesting representations of women in that as well. Mm. Um, yeah. But I haven't seen Speed Racer. I haven't seen Cloud Atlas. I haven't seen Jupiter Ascending. Bound is I interesting. I haven't Sense seen. Eight. I haven't seen Bound, but um, that's interesting because it has a same-sex relationship in it. Um, that's kind of irrelevant to the plot in a way. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Bound was praised and I think appreciated by the queer community for um, its positive representation of homosexuality. Homosexuality. Such a weird word to say. Homosexuality. Mm. What are syllables? <laughs> Side note. I went to the doctors the other day, new doctors, and they asked me to say what my sexuality was. Mm. That's a weird question to be asked. Like, I didn't want to write Mm. homosexual, but I also felt weird writing, like, gay, because that seemed too informal. It was weird. Yeah. Have you ever been confronted with that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) It was just a very weird experience where I was suddenly asked to categorise myself it is a weird one, isn't in it? In a way that I'm not really used to being asked to do every day. And it was strange. Yeah, really putting a label on stuff, yeah, isn't it? Like, I was like, um, uh, I don't know. Anyway, besides the point. Yeah. But that film has been praised for... So Bound by the Wachowskis has been praised for that mm. particular representation. So I think they have been just very insightful individuals their whole lives and very interested in all different types of human experiences. Mm. Um, and I have watched Senses 8. Yeah. And I've watched the first season. I haven't finished the second season. Okay. Because I've had a pause for some reason. I think something else came along Stuff or whatever. Up, yep. um, but this watching The Matrix made me want to finish Senses 8 because of the amazing fight scenes. Mm. Yeah. Well, the fight scenes, these are excellent too. So good. Yeah. As directors, they know action cinema. I think that's they just do. it. I think they know, and not just, I guess, westernized action cinema. They can understand a broad spectrum of action cinema yeah. and really um, juice it up to 11 yeah. and yeah, let yeah, it play yeah. out in a way that is very exciting. And very satisfying. Oh, you, don't, just, you never get let down. No, not no. at all. You don't get bored. Yeah. It's just, it's great. What did I want to talk about? Oh. The sequels? No. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about the sequels. The sequels were disappointing. Do you have them? No. My issue with the sequels was the same one that I remember we talked about with Pirates of the Caribbean, in that the second one played, Matrix Mm. Reloaded, and I just remember just telling all my friends that I saw it with, oh, that didn't make any sense and was a bit dry, but it's the payoff's going to be the next one. Yeah. We're all, you know... You're hoping. Yeah, that's it. No, I wasn't even hoping. I was so you convinced. Know, I was like, you were sure. They are so clever in that, you know, people walking out of this going, that was a bit bad. Just so. They don't get it. Yeah, they don't get it. Here it comes. Revolutions. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what? That was that giant baby face thing. I actually have not seen it. It. I couldn't tell you really what happens. There's a big party in Zion in one of them. Do they, do they win? Do they no, defeat the AI? Yes. You seem confused. It, like, because it turns out everything's the Matrix, I think. But is everything the Matrix? Oh, but maybe, no. you know, it just gets a bit too... Too much. ...in a spiral. Right. Which I know, maybe I'm just not smart enough. But, look, I didn't play the game. <laughs> I didn't read the comic books. And so I didn't watch the Animatrix, so yeah. I can't fully get it. It was just a bit... Because I was so sure it was going to be so rewarding. Yeah. And then it just wasn't. Well, guess what? Mm. There's a new one. It might all come together. That's it. The Matrix 4... Xanadu. Get ready. <laughs> get ready. I don't even know ex- exactly when you need to yeah. get ready for. But only one of the Wachowskis is um, signed up for it. That's correct. Yeah. Controversial. I know, right? Do you reckon that'll be good? I don't know. I, I don't know who's signed on. So whichever... Lana's signed on. Yeah. So Lily... Is not doing it. Is not doing it. And maybe Lily's not interested in... Fair enough, I think, then don't. She's like, look, we've done it to death. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the last two. Well, that's it. If you're not interested, I'd much prefer Lana just to do it and be like, I am interested. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm sure Lily will be like, give notes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And they're not having a falling out about it. No. So I'm all for it. But I will have to watch those other two at some point. Not on this show, because we don't have the DVDs. So no. that's fine. So you have to do it in your own time. In my own time. <laughs> what a chore. I did just want to talk about Spoon Kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spoon Kid, Tell recently, if you were in Melbourne or Sydney, you would have seen him light up the stage in Book of Mormon. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, so he played sort of the, the main Mormon that they visit in Africa. Yeah. Um, the, the gay one. Yeah. The one that, um, yeah. And yeah, his face is so recognisable. And I remember looking it up and he's like, read through his whole bio and he goes, but most people would know me as the spoon kid from The <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> and then I looked up that scene and I'm like, here's the spoon kid from The Matrix. Yeah. And it was only then that I realised, I was like, he does have an Australian accent. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching it and he has his little cute little Australian accent and it was so nice. Mm. It was like a little piece of home. And I, normally I don't like hearing... I think we, as a yeah. Australian culture, hate hearing ourselves on screen. I think we're. Do- I think I'm getting used to it. In That's fact, it. liking it. Yeah, one of the things I really picked up on in this is because a lot of the extras and small roles were Australians. Mm. Sometimes yelling, the um, Aussie the accent pops out. Oh. Just a little bit. <laughs> hey, you. You know. As in the agents. The agents and just a few like policemen yeah. and a couple of like. Yeah, little yeah, things yeah. like that and you're like oh yeah, yeah this is sydney yeah which is great go yeah go australia why not yeah yeah i watched some of the special features please tell me yes. everything uh so a lot of the special features going with the theme are hidden in the dvd menus <gasps> you got to find where there's a red pill somewhere on the screen and move oh. over to that so i watched a special feature on bullet time and looked at how that works if people have ever been to Melbourne and gone to the uh, Australian Centre of the Moving Image, mm-hmm. there's a bullet time, there was a bullet time booth there. I think they got rid of it now. No, with the I want to go right now. <laughs> um, so, you know, you could jump up in the air and it would take all the photos around you and it could play a little movie. That's cool. Because that's basically what it was. It was yeah. just a series of cameras that were programmed in a pattern that could yeah. then match up with the digital background. Right. Um, which was super awesome. And if, yeah, if you ever just get a chance to have a look at some of that footage, it was it was done to death, and I remember even an episode of Rove Live where they all did it, and you know, like yeah, yeah, we've all sort of seen that before. Uh, the other one that I watched, oh, and then I watched them just sort of behind the scenes, them talking about it, and it was great seeing all the lead actors sort of trying to describe what is the Matrix. Oh, really? Yeah. Do they have? Do they have a good crack? Oh uh, yeah, like you know, there's some people that are sort of straight down the line. Um, Keanu's pretty straight down the line. It's like it's a computer program that you know we're in, but um. Oh, the guy who plays Cypher is very much like, yeah, what is reality? <laughs> and, you know, they, they were very small clips, so I'm sure they just, you know, cut it together in yeah. a way that was um, fun. And then I also watched a feature on concept art to realisation. So looking at cool. all this concept art that was done for the film and yeah. what that ended up looking like, which yeah. was, it's always really exciting to see how, yeah, what that looks like and how that evolution. happens. Evolution. Yeah. Um, did it change a lot? Uh, not, not as much. Not really. Right. Um, I guess... The concept art was less practical. Yeah. Um, you saw a lot of the pods and stuff and how they're meant to look more like organic sort of tree things right. rather than the sort of stacks. Yeah. But that's, you know, what was yeah. done. Yeah. And then you saw the whole mirror scene from concept art to realisation, yeah. which was um, really good. And that stayed pretty much the same. Yeah. Except... As in the, the scene where he gets uh, into swallowed the matrix, up by the yeah, mirror. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, except the concept art, whoever was playing Neo at that stage, looked a lot more like the kind of person you'd actually expect to be a hacker. Oh, like? Well, they were, it was like, because it was just a sketch. Yeah. So it was just quite a chubby person. Oh, <laughs> yeah, was, really? Like, yeah, you know. Interesting. Um, Neo itself was offered to Will Smith. Yeah. was offered to Val Kilmer. Yeah. Brad Pitt. Yep. Could have been good. Either, either yeah. Either, I reckon. That's just it. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp. Nah. The Wachowskis wanted. He would have sucked. <laughs> I know he's good back then, you know. True. Maybe he wouldn't have turned shit. Yeah. So that's interesting. Mm. Cinematography is amazing too. Yes, very much. Just so. want to give a shout out to Bill Pope who did the cinematography. Look, action cinema is his bread and butter. Um, what else has he done? The Spider Man's, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh yeah. Uh, most recent, um, Charlie's Angels. Oh cool! I can't wait to see that. Actually, he's done that too. Uh, he also did Team America: World Police. Oh wow! <laughs> um, but like, I think you know that's just it. And that film parodied an action. Why not get the guy? Who yes, just, of course. Who gets action? Yes. Just to if do you're going to parody something, you need to understand it. Yeah. So yeah, give me a shout out. Very good. Um, always good to remember the cinematographer. That's that all I've got on the Matrix. Yeah, I think that's all for me too. Um, I feel like you could, if you wanted to, 
we could do some proper research into this and go down um, lots of different philosophical theories and whatever. Yeah, that's Um, just it. It's almost like not worth... Like, if you're going to go in there, we've barely scratched the surface of that sort of stuff, but there's so much interpretation and so many, especially because, I guess, the theming around it, online forums just went in insane with what what the matrix means and and everything like that and it's still studied i guess mm. well i think a lot of it i mean they must have done a lot of research into the- philosophical theories because he gets you know in the one of the, the first time we meet neo he and he's giving that illegal program because he's this illegal hacker yeah and he's giving that illegal program he opens he keeps all of his illegal programs in a book called simulacra and simulation did you notice that? No, I didn't. So this is a book that I actually studied in my communications degree uh, yep. by um, it's Jean Baudrillard, who was a philosopher yep. in the 80s. So I feel like they did their research in terms of mm. the philosophical theories and or ideas just that they into were. that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, exactly. I, yes. I do remember um, Neo's photo was on the cover of Philosophy and Film Reader for Monash. I don't think I, I didn't do that subject, though. Yeah. Um, so very much, yeah. It's still studied in it. But we did look at it, not in any of my film courses, but we looked at it in Life in the Universe, part of my Astro course. Oh, yeah. And looking at, you know, yeah. AI's representation yeah. on screen. Yeah. So, the, yeah. The chapter of the book that this is open to as well is on nihilism, which is... Ooh. Do you want to try and explain nihilism? <laughs> oh, God. That it's was my like, explanation. <laughs> it's like the, the idea that everything's going to be terrible. Mm. Is it? Yeah, it's basically the belief that life is meaningless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that um, you reject any kind of religious ideas or meaning in terms of that. And I guess that's... He believes he's got his own choices. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like his thing, isn't it? Yeah. I make my own choices. Exactly. And then suddenly he's like, hey, you're the one. You can make all your own choices. He's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so also in philosophy, it's the idea that the, or the belief that nothing in the real world has a real existence. So yeah. to do with perception and reality. Yeah. We forgot to mention, um, this film won four Academy Awards. Oh. Including best visual effects. Including what? Best visual effects, which is still controversial. Is it? Yeah. Because it was up against Star Wars Episode One. Yeah. Which is... Visual effects wise, leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of other stuff. But because that movie was so shit, yeah, people yeah just didn't want to didn't want to award it. it. And that's that's what people say. Because going down a bit of a rabbit hole here in the Academy oh. Awards, basically what happens is each of the branches go for the nominations. So if you were a cinematographer, you'd get to put up the cinematography nominees. If I was a sound designer, I'd put up the sound designer. But on the actual award, so once the nominees are up, Anyone everyone gets to vote. Yeah. So people went piuska to yeah. um, episode one. They're not judging it fairly. No, and it is. It's a controversial thing because yeah, yeah. Um, because people those really technical things. People are like, oh, maybe that should be the branch, and yeah. then actors go, well, act- acting's kind of really technical too. But people are like, oh no, no, you know, like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's too much for me that yeah. I'm just like, whatever, get over yourselves. You know, there's a lot of other things we can talk about besides mm. categorizing what we should be voting for in the Oscars. Uh. <laughs> I, know the, I know you love it, but I'm happy to talk I'm about it. I'm happy to talk about it. I'm yeah. happy to talk about it. I just think that those people who get up in arms about it yeah. need a life. Probably need to get over it. Yeah. Yeah. I get um, you. I get you. Yeah. But I was... I'll go I was... get a life then. <laughs> Do you vote in the Oscars? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was looking when I was looking it up a couple of things came up about the Matrix and the year 1999 as a year of film yeah people always love it well like if you look at the films that came out there's a lot of good good films that came out I don't know yeah I don't know because there's been so much talk about it this year because it's been 20 years since 1999 and I think I'm sort of starting to get over it a bit with people being like oh it was the best year of cinema I'm like uh, but there's a lot of I feel like there is a lot of game changing films though. 10 things I hate about you <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to talk it. about change the game no no but like what are we talking about Fight Club yep Blair Witch Project Blair Witch Project yep. was huge for it is it, it, it all changed it all changed yeah it all changed cinema but we're talking about The Matrix Fight Club and Blair Witch Project we couldn't be any more internet fanboy right now could we like <laughs> just sitting there in a computer. American Beauty yep yeah Six Sense I, it was a great year. Toy Story 2? Yeah. Eyes Wide Shut, our, our mm. old favourite. Oh, I've got that one. <laughs> Do you we get to that, yeah. I've never watched it. Mm. Uh, Notting Hill? Oh, yeah. The Virgin Suicides. I yeah. love that film. 
Man, there's not a film on here I don't like. Yes, and actually there is a podcast out there um, just devoted to the Cruel films Intentions? of 1999. Is there? Yeah, that um, oh. uh, I think follows us on Twitter, so shout out to them. Do you know the name of the podcast no, so we can give them a proper shout out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I might listen because it, from what I'm researching right now, it looks like this was unequivocally the best year of film. Ever. Ever that there was or that there ever will be. I think that's my... That's my I know I'm sounding like I'm whinging, but it's my problem... At the moment, is people just seem to be oh. like, close the door. Film was 1999. Girl Interrupted was even yeah. 1999. Yeah, Magnolia, Being John Malkovich, Green Mile. Everything good. It was, it was a great year. Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Oh, just Austin one, Powers one 2, for the every spy genre. Shagged me. <laughs> the best one. The best one. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Yeah. It was a good year for film. Yes. Of course there will be more. No, it was, and, and there are other ones too. It's not like... Cinema up to this point. Are there other years that were that good? I'm sure there is. It's just everyone seems to have this giant boner for 1999. Our age, that's very uh, crude, Paul. Uh, We we have not done it. We we haven't done a warning on the start of this podcast. (laughs) True, though. No. Okay. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Is it only our age group and is it nostalgia? I, I feel like our age group are the people that are leading sort of like Twitter culture slash yes. internet. Slash, yes. And that's where all of this is coming from. Yes. Everyone our age has a podcast. So therefore every podcast <laughs> talks about 1990, you know? Yes. It is true. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just, you know, it's touched on a nerve. I'm maybe a you're, a bit, you're a bit younger than me. So maybe you're not that, quite on my wavelength. In terms of 1999, it's best, a bad year. The only good year. I mean, that's it. I'm just saying it's not the only good year. Cinema didn't start and end in 1999. <laughs> I can't believe how upset you're getting. I love it. Oh, oh my God. Okay, next podcast, mm-hmm. next week. Yeah. Can you please bring me another year? Bring you another year. Yes. Can you do that, please? Yeah, I can bring you any okay. other year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bring me another year next week and we will compare. I'm open to the idea of there yep. being another year that was just as good. Well, um, is there anything else you want to say besides that? People need to get out of 1999. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you now, feel like no, we need to talk now about? No, but now I'm painted as the anti-1999 guy. Just like I was painted as the pro dude where's my car guy. What happened to you in 1999? <laughs> did, did you get a massive wedgie at school? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have been watching any of these films when I was in 1999. But Anyway, let's move on. Come yeah. on. It's not 99 anymore. We're 20 years older. No, there isn't anything else I want to say. But it is time for us. Yes, to, to... make decisions. I feel like my decision is not really... <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to keep that case? Should I keep the case in case it turns up? I'll I... keep it in case it turns up. I would. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to donate mine. Oh. Yeah. I know. Really, I do love this film. Yeah. And as I said, I think it's actually the best film that we've done so far. Yeah. But it's always going to be out there and it's going to be a better quality than this. Oh, you know, that's true. This is, yeah, yeah uh, such a visual film that yeah. I want to watch it 4K. Yeah. You know? 4K. <laughs> yeah. Have you, like, done your dash on the special features? You feel like yeah. you made the most of it? Yeah. Yeah. That's just it. Um, even this time, because I remember buying this for the special features, and this time watching them, I'm like, they're not as, you know, I'm not getting a heap of insight that I thought I would be. Yeah. 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 Fair. Yeah. Yeah, look, if I had the disc, I'd probably give it to the upshot too, but... I won't because that's a cruel joke to play on someone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. Um, if you want to, you know, you get some more DVD clutter content, you can always follow us on Instagram. On Twitter. And on Facebook at... Oh. <laughs> Simultaneous. That's it. You, it's at D-V-D-E-C-L-U-T-T-E-R. Yeah, it's basically you just spell DVD clutter and you get there. And remember to email us too. Yes. Oh, yeah, we've got a Gmail. Yeah, don't forget that one. Yeah. Um, and give us a rate and review and subscribe. If you can, um, give us a review or a rating on iTunes. That's really helpful. Um, but also just jump onto Facebook and say hi. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Comment whatever you want. Your favourite film from 1999. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, or if you have an alternative, yeah, I guess that's fine too. I definitely won't delete those comments. Yeah. <laughs> But that's it from this week. That's That's it. That's it from us this week. Um, Thanks for listening. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Who was a philosophist? Philosophist? Philosophist. (laughs) And the philosopher's Uh. stone.